You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. You are now locked into the Locked On Patriots podcast. It is Tuesday, November 16th, 2021, and it's Tuesday. It is tight endage Tuesday here on your daily home for news, notes, and analysis infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. And once again, thank you for making Locked On Patriots your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots, as all of the great Locked On Podcast Network podcasts, are free and available on all platforms. Greetings and salutations, Patriots Nation, and thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday episode of the pod. My name is Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriot Maven of Sports Illustrated. I am also your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, which, of course, is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, because it's your team every day, that means your questions, your comments, your feedback, they're always welcomed, and they're very much appreciated. So share that feedback. Send it to the Internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. While you're out there doing some Tuesday traveling through that Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at LO underscore Patriots. Pats fans, as we all continue to savor the 45-7 victory over the Cleveland Browns on Sunday in Week 10, we are reminded that there is a very quick turnaround time. And fast approaching is Week 11 and a Thursday night showdown between the Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. And there is a lot to cover with regard to the Patriots and Falcons coming up this week, but we're still not done dissecting the Patriots' Week 10 victory over the Cleveland Browns just yet. Yesterday on the pod, we were fortunate to be able to discuss that win with the great Thomas Murphy, and we talked a lot about the Patriots' running game. We talked about quarterback Mac Jones. We talked about that Patriots' defense and how great they've been over the course of the last couple of weeks. One thing we didn't talk much about was tight end Hunter Henry and the rest of the Patriots' tight endage. Well, there's a reason for that, because our expert on the subject joins us here today on the hot seat. My good friend, the Countess of Class herself, Claire Classy Claire Cooper, joins me today. And we will talk about Hunter Henry's prowess and what he's meant to this offense and why he was one of the keys to the Patriots' victory on Sunday. We'll also flip the script and start to look ahead to the Atlanta Falcons, who have a prolific tight end of their own. Rookie sensation Kyle Pitts has become the focal point of the Falcons' offense. How will the Patriots' defense look to control him? Well, Claire has some theories on that, and we'll also take a quick look ahead to the Falcons-Patriots tilt on Thursday as these two teams face off at Mercedes-Benz Stadium at 8.20 p.m. Folks, a lot to get to, tons to cover, so without much further ado, let us welcome in the empress of tight endage herself, Claire Classy Claire Cooper, joins the hot seat when this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Hello again, Patriots fans. This is Mike DeBate with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas, every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. 
Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free, then use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And here's the best part. There's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and even other brands. So don't delay. Do it today. Download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Use the code TOUCHDOWN when you download GetUpside. Locked on listeners, in life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com Vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion. Maybe you're bound for discovery or bound for togetherness, perhaps even bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may just be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar, walking along the shoreline, kicking the breaking waves, or maybe even creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be as happy as I can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. Patriots fans across the region and beyond, we all continue to savor the Patriots 45-7 beatdown of the Cleveland Browns. Pat's sitting at 6-4 and and rising rapidly in the national rankings. Power rankings released all over the NFL, and the Patriots are cracking the top 10 in a lot of national outlets. Is it enough for them to carry that momentum into a playoff spot? Well, here today on Locked On Patriots, We're going to talk about the Patriots' victory over the Browns. We're going to talk about an integral part of that victory. And we're also going to start to take a brief look ahead to the Atlanta Falcons. Two of the components that are going to be very big topics of conversation today are explosive tight ends. And if we're talking tight ends, that's right, folks. You know who our guest is going to be. The voice, the accent, the giggle that you know very, very well from West Midlands in the U.K., a phenomenal Patriots writer for Pat's Propaganda, the third voice, and probably the voice of calm on one Patriots place, alongside <laughs> Murph and our good friend Steve Balistrieri, and once again, a special contributor and columnist for Full Press Coverage Patriots, where she also hosts her very own podcasts. The true definition of must-listen, folks, a Claire perspective the podcast is a great listen. Claire kills it when she gets tremendous uh, guests each and every week. I always look forward to it. Please definitely subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts. I highly recommend it. It is my honor to welcome back the Countess of Class herself. Claire, classy Claire Cooper joins me here on this Tuesday hot seat on Locked On Patriots. Thank you, Countess, for joining me from today from across the pond. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Mike. It's great to be here with you guys. Well, it's always great to have you back. And we're making this a weekly thing here on Locked On Patriots. (laughs) Judging from the feedback that I've been getting, that's a very good thing. Everybody loves having you on the show. I definitely do. It's always a lot of fun when we get a chance to get together and talk football. And Claire, there's a lot of positives to talk about in New England right now without any question. Patriots coming off of a very impressive victory over the Cleveland Browns, really dominant on both sides of the ball. And I 
wrote about this a little bit earlier this week, saying that I think this is the Patriots' most impressive win of the season, not just because of the final score, but because of the way they were able to take what Cleveland did well and stifle it on both sides of the ball. They didn't allow them to get on track in the running game, took away Baker Mayfield's passing lanes. On defense, they were able to really contain some of the uh, the, the prowess that they have at wide receiver and at tight end, the two tight end sets. Obviously, we're going to talk about some tight ends today. On offense, the Patriots look much more efficient. Mac Jones is becoming much more comfortable in this role. He's, you know, the Patriots are running the football much better. There's just a lot of positives to take away. In your estimation, when you look at this game and you look at the Patriots and the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, what were your takeaways and your thoughts from Sunday's game? And what has you optimistic about the rest of the season? Well, you're quite right there, Mike. I mean, the list of positives really is quite quite high up there, particularly, I think, probably the best of the season, really, specifically with numbers and that kind of thing. But I think something that hasn't really shown up in the numbers that I know people have been talking about, and I mentioned it extensively in my game recap for patspropaganda.com is the role that Nikhil Harry played. Now, I know that Nikhil Harry has been a very controversial subject in New England. And, you know, I, I'm not going to deny that I have kind of flew the flag for him because I didn't really. I've, I've always been very kind of meh. I was never very in, never very out. Just meh. See what he does meh, kind of thing. So that was that was always my attitude towards it. And I was I was never concerned if they did cut him and I was never concerned that they kept him that kind of thing really but this game he really stepped up significantly in regards to the blocking and in regards to particularly the blocking of Miles Garrett now going into the game that guy was going to be an issue you know they'd lost a lot of their running game they'd lost in, in regards to Chubb and that kind of thing so they'd lost their inverted commas weapons but there was there was still that concern of how they were going to contain Miles Garrett and if you'd have told anybody before the game, oh, it's okay, don't worry about Garrett, Nikhil Harry's got this. It, I don't think anybody really would have believed you. Maybe they're really, really high up uh, Nikhil Harry fans, but I don't think anybody would have believed you. And and this kid just threw that guy out the club, and, and he didn't put in anything significant into the, as in the uh, Garrett that is, put anything significant into the game. And I think he was he was something that he was going to be like one to watch that kind of thing. And Harry just shut it all down. And I think that opened up the game for the Patriots in a significant way as well. And so it, you've kind of got to give the kudos to that guy. And, and I wanted to mention that right off the bat because I definitely think that he increased his value. Now, you don't necessarily want a you know first round pick wide receiver to be uh, you know a blocking piece in, in your offense. But in all fairness, that really helped with this game and if that is the case if going forward you use that guy in that way and it means you win games to the extent that we that they won you know how can you deny that it's it's not he's really maybe his initial position in the team but he was of such value to the team in during that game that I, I think it's just something that you can't deny really absolutely you definitely can't deny it and it's funny that we mentioned Nikhil Harry Earlier this season, 
Murph and I had toyed with the idea of lining up Nikhil in tight end settings because he's got that build. He's got great physicality. Yeah. He's got uh-huh. great size, can go up, make the contested catches. I know you and I both see it all the time. We all see it all over social media. You mention Nikhil Harry's name and you see the vomit emojis start popping up. And people start <laughs> going, you know, always oh, either that or the trash can or, you know, I mean, it really, I mean, I hate Nikhil that. has I hate really. That. Yeah, and they've dealt with, Nikhil's dealt with a lot. All right, I'm not going to get into the fact that, yes, he did bring on some of it himself with the trade request. I don't know if that was more driven by his agent than Nikhil himself. Nikhil Mm -hmm. has always been very much, um, you know, steady when it comes to his response on that, that he's in New England, he's happy to be a Patriot, and whatever opportunities arise in the future as a result of just a normal course of doing business happen to come forth, He'll be able to roll with it and deal with it, but you have to wonder if maybe some of that was agent-driven a little bit more. Maybe they thought they were going to be able to uh, get into a situation where he would get more touches. I don't know, but he's definitely making his presence felt as of late. You mentioned his ability as a run blocker, and just to give you a little bit of background on that, folks, played 35 of possible 67 offensive snaps on Sunday, 23 of those snaps came in the form of a run blocker. This is a, a part of the Patriots game that really, really had to be solid as a rock on Sunday, especially with guys that can rush the passer and get after the passer in terms of, uh, you know, somebody like a Miles Garrett. Even Nikhil's ability to be able to get in and disrupt him at times, like you mentioned, Claire, was really impressive. So mm-hmm. I was very much impressed by that as well. I'm glad to see Nikhil be able to get a little bit of positive press on that as well, because again, he's he's been someone that's been much maligned. I have been called an Nikhil Harry po- apologist several times. Uh, <laughs> people always, uh, you know, criticize. I was a considered a uh, Sony Michelle apologist while he was here. And then all of a sudden when he wasn't here anymore, fans were clamoring for him once again, but um, I'm not going to get into that right now. That's a different conversation <laughs> for another day. Uh, but uh, Nikhil definitely did play well. And I was glad to see him play well. Um, before we move on to a subject that I know you're just chomping at the bit. I have more notes. About. Fine. I have you more notes have about notes. the game. Exactly. That's what I wanted to, uh, <laughs> to get into. Um, besides uh, Harry uh, at this point, when you look at what the Patriots did well, do you have any offensive, defensive highlights, takeaways that you think fans should be spending time on, stuff they're either talking about right now that they should continue to feel good about, or maybe even something we haven't talked about? What are your continued takeaways from the game? I think the list is significant. I don't think we've quite got enough time, you know, in this episode. We could really go over in, in just really sort of discussing positives and not to be a 99% glass full uh, girl which I have been uh, called which I don't have an issue with because that's fine I like being positive <laughs> but um yeah it, it was a game to take a lot of positives away there was st- there were still some issues it wasn't a you know it wasn't a perfect game they did have a shaky start against the run so there is no denying that there's still work to be done but that's the sort of thing that Bill would say anyway and you know that's fine if there's work to be done they will do it and you know that's not an issue the one thing that was still that I found I found interesting as, as someone that's kind of not necessarily a sports media person, but sort of involved within sports media because of writing that, because of podcasting. I noticed that we, we've all sort of complained about the penalties um, this season so far because there's been quite a lot because the penalties, you know, they've showed up and, and it's not really a very sort of Patriots behaviour to, to put up so many penalties. And I noticed that this game, they still put up 
about an average of penalties that they've been doing in every game. I think it was it was six, six for 46 yards. Now, that's pretty average for this season. So it, it wasn't significantly low, but it's not really being mentioned. The fact that, that, that you know, they're still putting out the penalties the same as, as they were. And the, the one individual that I know had a very good game. So I'm not I'm not slighting this. But I never slight players anyway. You know, I, I don't like to be excessively negative on players. I just try and sort of say it as I see it. Um, and if they haven't done such a great job in one game, then, you know, I, I will say it type thing. But it doesn't mean that I think that individual's trash. Or I never think a player's trash anyway. So, but... Isaiah Wynn did have a good game and I've heard plenty of people say that he had a good game and I'm not denying it, but he did still, he does still have penalties called against him. He is still sort of maybe not playing to the, the full best of his ability, if you like, because he's one of the, one of the players that is racking up penalties on a regular basis. And it's, it's not the best thing because it shuts down when, when they, when they, um, when they gain something, penalties is the thing that takes that away. And it's just if you've got a, a repeat offender, shall we say, not that I really want to say that, but then, you know, it's not great. And it's just hoping that it's something that he'll he'll work on sort of thing. But he did have a good game. So, as I said, I'm not slighting, slighting that guy. The other thing that was interesting was the 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 sort of the benching of on when you for want of a better phrase. It, it was sort of surprising because he has been one of the best offensive linemen that they have got this season but it still clicked and I, and I can't decide if that was a good or a bad thing I know that he was he lined up eligible as a tight end so that you know that was something that that worked for them as well and with Trent Brown back everybody wants Trent Brown back or most people do and that's great and he played good and and things like this and I, I liked the fact that they didn't take Karras out um because when he's been in the offensive line I think it's been it it, it seemed to maybe have clicked better maybe to be that little bit better I'm not sure it's sort of the season still you know we're just only just halfway so it's something to watch kind of thing the offensive line but was surprised uh, I don't think I was the only one to be surprised of his benching inverted commas but th- they worked well and, and I think that's good it's confusing <laughs> really <laughs> the problems that they've had with the offensive line to then bench on when you and still work really good is mildly puzzling in all fairness so keep a sharp eye on that as you like to say but it, it was still it was a positive the, the offensive line played good and and that's what we needed because I think that was a very cause for concern in this season was going into the season we all kind of thought oh it's great you've got Trent Brown you've got and when you've got Andrews back you've got Karras there as a backup it's like Whoa, we're swimming in great offensive linemen and then all of a sudden it just really didn't work and it was like oh hang on wait what what's going on here kind of thing so the fact that it is good is I'm just like okay put whoever you want in that's fine as long as it's good then that's good the older guys they look to, uh, like I say that very very tongue-in-cheek because the older guys are all probably yeah considerably younger than me in this case but they looked better I liked the fact that McCordy Hightower Van Noy um sort of seem to be getting back to the, the players that we know that as as Patriots fans, the players that, we, you know, that we were used to watching, I guess. And mm-hmm. there was there was, there was that, um, I did notice on social media, I don't know if other people have noticed this, but Van Noy, I'm sure I saw a tweet yesterday or something, something to do with Van Noy saying maybe hinting at recovering from injury now or something. So whether or not he was really dealing with it, whether or not it's just a bit of smoke and mirrors, you know, we, you know, that kind of thing. But, I think, unfortunately, Paul McCordy, if he'd have just made that one-handed catch, we might be, you know, we'd be... 
what was it 45 to 7 is a, is a great number but 45 to 0 is like a better number and I'm, I think I've misquoted now was it 45 did they get 45 it was 45 uh, to 7 was, yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at my pieces yeah. of paper thinking I think I've got the wrong numbers here yeah. but yeah um, so yeah if, if he'd have made that one handed catch maybe we'd be looking at a sort of they'd have put no points out and that's just you know even even better on the books but no definitely take 45 to 7 very very good I mean every week when I put out as some people may know put out my game recap and I've been repeating myself recently and I can't help it and I but I won't apologize for it because the reason I've been repeating myself is because Barmore, Judon and Jakob Johnson have been brilliant every week so consistent in a sea of inconsistency that the, the team has had this season so far the ups and downs that they've had Christian Barmore, Matt Judon and Jakob Johnson have been I mean, Judon particularly, I think he's won everybody's MVP every week, in all fairness. This guy is all over the place, all over everything. And it, it's it's great to watch. And I mean, with Jakob Johnson blocking, he, he, he he's had um, a few pass catches and things like that. So and, and that kind of thing. So Jakob Johnson has really, for me, put on the map to make everybody remember the, the, the value of a fullback. Because I know a lot of teams don't line it up. I think it's 14 out of the 32 teams of the NFL line up with a fullback at some point. I think the rest don't even have one on their roster. I may be wrong now. That was a figure that I um, researched kind of before the season when I was looking at putting out some pieces. So it, it may have differed now. So I apologise. But I, he has really shown the Patriots' utilisation of a fullback. And, and that position is still worthy. It's still good. And it, it still can be used really to a T particularly with a coach like Bill Belichick. So before I kind of wrap up, because I know kind of I'm going on a little bit now and we are, you know, time time limits in, in this situation, but I just want to quickly mention Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, wowzers. This kid, I mean, his numbers were good. If you look at it from a statistical perspective, oh, I got through it that time, um, then yeah, he, he did really great. But I urge people to watch him because that is how you will see how great this guy is as a player he's his sheer power and ability on the field was what sort of had me put him in my recap you know had me put him on my positives for this week it wasn't just his numbers his yes his numbers were significant his numbers were key to the game that kind of thing but the, the way this kid plays it's just phenomenal to watch and I just think I urge people if you said you know kind of what to look out for please don't just look at his numbers do look at how he plays as well because it, it, it's a beautiful thing and I mean we all love I we all love the beautiful game I haven't mentioned Hunter Henry because I know that it's going to be something that we touch on in a bit so talking of beautiful plays and stuff like that I'm just going to kind of leave you to it to let you to 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 lead on to the next bit to do with the tires. <laughs> What a great dynamic light-in that was. I, I, I love it. It really, really was. Just leading me right into where we needed to go. And look, again, folks, spot-on analysis. Claire is always good. She brings it to the table every single day. That's why we love having her here. Spot-on analysis on Isaiah Wynn, although I will say that when you look at what Wynn brings to the table, the fact that he spent significant time matching up on the left side against Miles Garrett and seeing what he was able to do. The solid day protecting the passer. Two total pressures, oh, one yeah. quarterback hurry, one sack. Yes, there are still yeah. areas in uh, you know communication where I think he needs to uh, line up. But again, we see the trash bucket and everything uh, associated with Isaiah Wynn. And yeah, 
when you watch the broadcast on TV, and I get this, and I'm not coming at fans. I've been accused lately of really, like, thumbing my nose at the fans lately. I want to put that out there that I don't. I completely understand where you're coming from. When you watch the TV broadcast, it's so much different looking at what the perspective is from either the CBS crew or the Fox crew or whoever's broadcasting the game because they're showing you one angle, and it does make it look like, oh, this guy just completely missed an assignment where – there are communication issues sometimes that lead to these broken coverages. So in that respect, I do, uh, you know, want to give some, uh, you know, much deserved kudos to win like you did. There are still issues that he needs to, uh, to shore up, but I think they're more of the communication um, ilk rather than mm-hmm. uh, a lack of skill or a lack of ability to play. Oh, the completely. Yeah. Um, I'm not knocking his skill. Not you at all. mentioned on, no, and, and I know you're not, and that's why I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I know you mentioned McCordy uh, near interception. Yeah. That would have uh, got a little less dirt on the uniform oh, of my yeah. guy, Adrian Phillips. <laughs> I saw him take some lumps for that coverage. And I'm like, did you just see the play? play two plays ago where he knocked the ball out of Njoko's hands. I mean, he can't do that every single time, guys. And so, have you seen you know, that tight end? Whoa. Exactly. And, and, Whoa. and, yeah, and Austin Hooper <laughs> is just, I mean, he's in another you know world when it comes to athleticism. But Patriots have a prolific tight end of their own. Once again, a threat in the red zone. And Claire, I know you've been absolutely chomping at the bit to talk about this, so I'm going to give you the floor in just a minute. Um, Hunter Henry is someone that I've praised several times here on Locked On Patriots, going back to when he wasn't a Patriot and he was a member of the Chargers, and we would do Chargers crossovers with my guys over at Locked On Chargers. So I'd have Fernando Ramirez here uh, to talk about uh, the Chargers in a crossover. Um, I always pine very much to have Hunter Henry in a Patriots uniform, and he's showing why. This is such a hand-in-glove fit here. Very similar to what Adrian Phillips did last year and is continuing to do this year. They fit the Patriot mold so well, and Hunter is just taking that ball, and he's running with it like you can't imagine. Strong blocker, reliable pass catcher. Um, one of the pleasant surprises for the uh, the Patriots uh, in the offense so far. And his effectiveness and his synergy with Mac Jones has been something to watch. Oh, Claire, when yeah. you watch Hunter Henry and you look at what he's bringing to the table – some people are comparing him to Rob, and I think that's very premature. As much as I love Hunter Henry, Rob Gronkowski is in another stratosphere when it comes to tight ends. There's still a lot that needs to happen to get him to that level. But have the Patriots found their guy? Is this going to be the new hot tight end combination, a la Brady Gronkowski or Bledsoe Coates back in the day? Have the Patriots found their guy here? I have one word for you. Uh, I'm sorry, I have two words for you. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, more of a sound and a word, I guess. Oh, yes, completely. I mean, as you mentioned, the the, the thing that is that that kind of puts the icing on the cake, that puts the cherry on top, that kind of thing, is the dynamic that is building between Mac and and Hunter. And those sorts of things are kind of why fans so enamoured with the game as well. Is to, when you see that kind of thing. I'll just t- touch back on when. Um, Myers had his touchdown and the whole team are in are in the end zone, that kind of thing. And Andrews is lifting him up. It's it's a lovely, heartwarming thing to see that kind of thing. And I think when you've got individuals that are clicking as well, I mean, quarterback to tight end. I am. Oh, my gosh. I am in my element. I'm loving my quarterback anyway. I wanted him. They picked him. That was great. And then they brought me a fantastic tight end. I was you know, I wasn't displeased when they signed Smith. 
but he he isn't quite that traditional tight end that I have got that little extra affection for. Now, I'm not saying he's not really good or anything. Don't get me wrong. It's nothing against him. He just kind of, he, he is more of that athletic kind of guy. And Hunter Henry is more, as as you call it, the white tight end, that kind of thing. So, and and that's where I'm at because of the, because my affection originated from Rob Gronkowski. So I, I'm always going to sort of tend towards that kind of player because that's where my initial affection lies. That's where my first stuff is. And Hunter Henry just epitomises that. Like you said, the, the comparisons to Gronk are premature. To me, a player is a player. I'm not big into the comparisons myself, just because I sometimes feel it takes away from the player that you are comparing with. So you're taken away from Hunter by comparing him to Gronk because he's he's a tight end in his own right and he's really blossomed this year. And we all know that Coach Bill has had a bit of a thing for him for years. And now I can see why. We we can all see why because he, he's really sort of brought it and not to repeat myself, but the, the dynamic with Matt Jones has I think it's it's really helped sort of on the field and off the field and it, it's really great to watch and not to sort of throw stats out, but I just wanted to just to say that I don't just love, I do, I do know some of the numbers as well. And he's brought sort of 42 targets with 31 receptions. And I mean, that in itself is quite a considerable figure to to then bring down seven touchdowns and no drops courtesy of pff.com. Um, you know, really good figures. Uh, shout out to Chizzers. Thanks for the, the info through PFF. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Smith just hasn't really, he hasn't had the, the time um, to, to to bring it and to show his numbers. I think is, is another thing that Hunter Henry's got over Smith at the moment is Henry's had that time. He's had that time to build that dynamic. And I know that Hunter said himself that in the spring, missing the spring, it really affected the beginning of the season because he hadn't had that time. And I think the sort of the lower production of, of Smith is, is proving how important that is to how increase the development with, w- within the team. And yeah, I mean, Hunter's just, he's being an all round everything tight end for us at the moment with the catching, blocking, red zone target. You know, he, he's ticking all the boxes and he's brought, he's brought seven touchdowns. So, yeah, kind of. What? How can? How can you not? How can you not be enthusiastic and excited? How can you not love? How can you not want this tight endage? Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, some are a little more. Others, folks, and I will leave you to your own volition as to who that might be. You can hear the wild giggling on the opposite end of the microphone, and you can pretty much tell. Yeah, folks, Claire is excited, but I think everybody should be in New England without any question, and I think you've articulated it perfectly. Look, bottom line, one of the things that really helps to build team chemistry is when players have that type of camaraderie that allows you to not only play well with each other and respect each other's ability, But when there's a genuine like for your teammates, it makes things so much easier. And I've seen several colleagues of mine in the media downplay that. And yes, I know there are teams, teammates, players that couldn't stand one another, that played well together and still found a way to make it work. There's no question as to whether or not it's possible. It is. But when you have teammates that genuinely really like one another, they will go to the wall to try to protect that player. They'll go to the wall to try to help that player. You saw it with Jacoby Myers. Like you said the other day, everybody was so excited for him getting the touchdown. 
but the synergy between Mac and Henry is really becoming uh, that type of relationship that you can see budding off the field as well as on the field. Mac spoke to the media yesterday and he said that, you know, Hunter is really becoming like an older brother to him. They a lot. They really spend a lot of time talking about football, talking about life and just getting a chance to get to know each other, uh, you know, and really become good friends. Those types of bonds are so difficult to break. And it means an awful lot when you have a tight end that has the capabilities and the route running ability of Hunter Henry and a quarterback like Mac Jones. It's a hand in glove fit. Bill Belichick talked about it yesterday um, when he spoke to the media early in the morning, saying that, you know, the option routes that, uh, uh, you know, we deploy Hunter on can change. They can vary from time to time, but ultimately you want to get guys that are running those option routes that know when to adjust. There is a nuance to running an option route. It's not just like, oh, well, here's the option. You run it. And if you run smack dab into somebody, then, well, who cares? You know, just do what you have to do to get it. There are ways that you can adjust on the fly. And Hunter is so good at doing that because he's one of the better route runners I've ever covered, whether it be a tight end or whether it be a a wide receiver. I put Hunter Henry in that top upper echelon of of route runners that I've covered. And I've covered some good ones. Keenan Allen, obviously, over in... um, in, uh, um, in uh, Los Angeles and San Diego had a chance to cover him. Rob Gronkowski was a brilliant route runner here in New England and, and things of that nature. So you, you look at what these players are able to do, and, and Hunter has just been such a hand-in-glove fit. That prototypical wide tight end that can do it all, put his hands in the dirt, be an effective blocker, but really be a, a red zone threat has been a breath of fresh air. And I'm not saying that it's a surprise to me, but it's been one of the pleasantries of me for the 2021 season is seeing Mm -hmm. him come into his own. And for anybody that's down on John Smith right now, I think Claire hit the nail on the head, folks. Remember, this is a kid that has not enjoyed great health this season. He's had the shoulder issue. That definitely is bothering him. Uh, This is another kid that really is ready to break out. And I'm rooting very hard for John. Good kid, good guy. Uh, and uh, I really think uh, there's a lot uh, that could be uh, unleashed when he's healthy and he's ready to contribute. So, folks, don't give up on John Smith. I'm telling you, there's a lot there under the surface. And if these two guys start clicking at the same time, this offense is really going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad that you said that because it's like if we think it's kind of good now, then holy heck, Glenn, just you know, just wait. The the possibilities could be endless. And I and I'm really glad what you said about Hunter because I didn't get a chance to mention that. I'm really glad that you made the point in regards to the option routes and that kind of thing because it it's been said how he is there and he's he his experience is is key and I think the fact that we've got such a rookie quarterback but with such a kind of experienced tight end I think it's just making that bond that bit stronger because it's just sort of it's the it's helping Mac to develop and if we can kind of keep that going if, if that can sort of keep moving forward I think that it's really got something that we can build that, that sorry that they can build the the offense on and I just think not to compare it because I know that you sort of didn't want to compare it to Gronk and Tom Brady I want to compare it in a way of that relationship that they have is really good and it's so good because obviously and moving forward we can see it because they've took it to they've took it to Tampa so you know that kind of thing if Mac and Hunter can have a similar sort of bond of relationship you can see what that kind of relationship can do and you can see how that can put sort of strength within the team and I just uh, I can't help but be excited. Yes, I am a tight end enthusiast, so I am excited anyway. But I sort of can't imagine that any sort of standard regular, you know, 
run-of-the-mill Patriots fan that we all are cannot be excited by seeing that unfold in front of our eyes and just be able to root for it. And it's just, it is, it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. It really is a beautiful thing. <laughs> Tight endage is something we love talking about. And that 12-man, 22-man personnel that the New England Patriots had talked about, was raved about, heading into the season by yours truly and by Claire and a lot of others, Murph included. We all talked about the prowess of what that was going to do and how Josh McDaniels was going to love dialing up these plays. We're starting to see it. And folks, when you know you do see someone like John o. Smith get healthy and you start seeing Jacoby Myers and um, you know Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, who was phenomenal. I wrote about Kendrick yesterday for Sports Illustrated. He's been great. This is going to be a fun offense to watch. But there is still a game to be played on Thursday. Quick turnaround time this week, Claire. Late game, very late game for you in the UK. Late game <laughs> here for us on the East Coast of the United States. But the Patriots will travel to Atlanta and take that 28-3 to baggage with them alongside uh, Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, and crew taking on the Atlanta Falcons in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Falcons employ a pretty explosive tight end of their own. Rookie Kyle Pitts coming into his own, really becoming the focal point of that offense. How will the Patriots be able to take a look at Pitts and maybe help to contain him, as well as Claire's thoughts on the Falcons, when this Tuesday tight endage episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues? Locked On listeners, Built Bar, the most delicious, healthy protein bar you've ever tried, has so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, and I have folks, believe me when I tell you, there are a lot of you out there, they are passionate about their favorites. If you don't know about the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. But the best part of Built Bar is not even just the delicious flavors they provide. It's the fact that in addition to them being delicious, they're also one of the most healthy treats available today. Each Built Bar has between 17 and 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories per bar, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. Flavors like coconut, cherry barcia, love that name, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and so much more. When you want a treat that's not only pleasing to your palate, but also great for your health, don't delay, do it today. Make Built Bar your go-to protein bar right now. Visit Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Locked on listeners, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit, just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Patriots fans, the Countess of Claz, the Baroness of Blockers, the Queen of TE, and the Empress <laughs> of Tight Endage. Folks, if you're scoring at home, that's one more nickname than Murph. I know Murph's going to be upset. Uh, but uh, right now, uh, that is that is the the, the moniker handle that we're uh, uh, that we're putting on uh, on Claire, my good friend, Claire Clazy Claire Cooper is here today on Locked On Patriots to talk some tight endage, and we've done that. We cleaned out the junk drawer when it came to Patriots-Browns, but we're on to Atlanta now, Claire, and the Patriots are coming into this game 6-4, and four, red hot, winners of four in a row. Um, you know, and So there's a lot that goes into what the Patriots have done to be able to get on this streak. Now, conversely, the Atlanta Falcons are coming off of a difficult loss, and I'm probably being diplomatic when I say that. Mm -hmm. They're coming off of a very difficult loss. The Dallas Cowboys did not look good on either side of the ball. So naturally, people are you know, rubbing their hands together in New England and saying, this has the potential to be a bash, but not so fast. Atlanta, first of all, it's a, it's a quick turnaround time. So regardless of what, things can happen, and it's so difficult to maintain that type of momentum heading into a Thursday night game. But the Falcons can make things happen offensively. We've seen them do it. Matt Ryan is still a very effective quarterback. Um, he does have weapons around him. Now, Cordero Patterson, it looks like, will not be able to suit up for this game if that is indeed the case. And we don't know that for sure yet. But if that's the case, that is a big break for the Patriots. Cordero is one of their dual threat weapons, not just as a running back, but also as a pass catcher. We saw that capability here in New England when he was here mm -hmm. for a season. Bill Belichick even talked about that yesterday. But what that means is a heavy emphasis on rookie tight end Kyle Pitts. Claire, we talked about this in the offseason, even when we were doing a lot of draft analysis here on Locked On Patriots. Pitts was that surefire tight end that the Patriots would love to have employed if they possibly could, although I think they did a phenomenal job of addressing the position in uh, free agency like we talked about earlier. But um, Pitts has really sort of come into his own. He touches the ball an awful lot. He's a physical tight end. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for that, but he is very explosive in the open field. Um, he's got 40 receptions, 606 yards, one touchdown. Uh, he's averaging 15.1 yards per attempt. So when you look at Kyle Pitts and what he brings to the table, uh, what impresses you about him being the expert of tight endage that you are? And how do you think the Patriots might try to neutralize him on, on Thursday? Well, you touched on a couple of things there, in, in all fairness. But in regards to Kyle Pitts, he is, I think for Atlanta for this game I think he's the he you know he's the prime weapon he's a weapon anyway but I think he's the prime weapon because that as you mentioned they're suffering from sort of such a, a loss of weapons you know Calvin Ridley's out on IR slash personal stuff now Patterson goes down that kind of thing I mean they've got Mike Davis and Gowan but you know the cream of Atlanta if you like is out and so Ryan has pits and I think that that might be the key is to contain him and put pressure on Ryan. And I think if they can, if if the Patriots can dial that up relatively easily or relatively quickly, I suppose I should say, then I think they can shut Atlanta down quite easily. And I think that is probably why a lot of people are sort of thinking that this game might be a bit of a shoo-in in all fairness, because I know what you said in regards to momentum and it's difficult, difficult to keep it going. It's difficult to say difficult to keep it going. But um, in regards to their coming off, they're coming off a loss. Patriots are coming off a win. 
you know can it be more that they've already got the momentum going because it was such a positive game so can they take it forward or is kind of sort of being worn out going to play a significant part and that's something that you sort of really aren't going to tell until until we suit up and see the game obviously um I think if they can contain pits, then I think maybe this this is a game that, that they, they have got. And I am being one of those sort of positive thinking, yeah, they can roll with this one. And if they can shut him down, then then that's key. I even joked on, I think it was on one Patriots place saying, well, let's bring in Nikhil Harry to, to contain him. He's a big guy, you know, you know, stick him wherever kind of thing. Like, get him to, to shut down pits, you know, just because it's defense, offense, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. I like that, first of all. <laughs> but, you, you know, uh, we I like versatile Patriots... players on the Patriots, you know, fairness. That's it, I that's mean... it. You know what? A little two-way action doesn't really, you know, that's that's good. That's, you know, you show your versatility <laughs> as a ball player to be able to do it. I like it. But, uh, no, bottom line, I think the New England Patriots have a good amount of prowess in their defensive backfield to be able to contain him, and I'll get into that in a moment. But I also think that what you said definitely is worth repeating. There's no question about it that if Cordero Patterson is not able to go in this game, that opens things up an awful lot for the Patriots to be able to contain Kyle Pitts. They can really focus a lot on him and be able to take him out of the game. Calvin Ridley is their unquestioned top, uh, you know, receiver. He's, you know, out for, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, you know, dealing with a lot there. And we wish Calvin the best, one of the good guys in this uh, in this game. And, uh, you know, kudos to him for uh, for doing what he needs to do to take care of himself. Um, But uh, it does open some, you know, holes in the uh, um, in the Falcons offense. And, you know, you got I mean, you got Gage, you got Sharp. Those guys can get open. Zacchaeus is another one uh, that can be a little bit of a, um, a threat there as well. But. Let's face it. I mean, without Patterson in the lineup, it's really going to be all about Kyle Pitts. Now, if I'm the Patriots, how do you do that? You do the same thing that you did against the Cleveland Browns. The only Mm -hmm. difference is the Browns had two capable tight ends. We can make the argument they had three capable tight ends that were really, um, you know, that really had the option to make things very difficult. You didn't just have David Njoku. You didn't just have Austin Hooper. Harrison Bryant is pretty good at getting open and making plays happen as well. So the Patriots swarmed the defensive backfield, utilizing the safeties to be able to cover tight ends. I look for Adrian Phillips to be in the mix, but the guy that I'm looking for is Kyle Duggar. And Duggar has really emerged into that defending tight end type safety, uh, that strong type of role that Patrick Chung played here for a number of years. If they can utilize the strengths of somebody like a Kyle Duggar, maybe drop down someone like a Miles Bryant in the slot to help in that situation, keep Pitts away from being able to get into his runs. You can even chip him at the line of scrimmage. The defensive uh, ends and the defensive linemen are going to you know, hold a big role in that as well. Who's going to come up and be able to, uh, to stand up against the, uh, the, the young tight end. So Patriots can make things happen there in the, uh, um, in the, in the defensive backfield to try to contain him. But I agree with you. If they're able to find a way to neutralize him and you know, Bill Belichick does this as well as anyone take away what your opponent does best. Uh, it's it's going to be tough for the Patriots to be able to, uh, it's going to be tough, excuse me, for the Falcons uh, to be able to uh, to make something happen against the Patriots defense right now that is clicking on all cylinders. And that I'm leads sorry. me quite ni- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, <laughs> well, that does lead me quite nicely into my final question for you today, Countess, and that is there is a game to be played on Thursday. And regardless of the tight endage, there is still an offense and a defense that has to match up. Both teams right now 
kind of heading in opposite directions, but Thursday night football is always the great equalizer, and I never take anything for granted. I know it's a little early, but what are your thoughts on uh, this game, and what are you looking for from the Patriots, from the Falcons? How do you see this one playing out? I think I might be one of the kind of slightly overly confident fans in regards to this game because I am sort of looking at the matchup and it, to me it looks like it, I'm thinking get pressure on Ryan contain Pitts those are the significance and and they've almost done that in the Browns game I know obviously different because the Browns are more of a running game but like you said they shut down their three tight ends so if they can shut down this one tight end then you know I think going forward this 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 is the game that I think they can win now as you said, Thursday night football, they're, they're coming in, it's a short week, that kind of thing. So all these things add up against, in all fairness, and it's an on-the-road game, although their on-the-road record this year has been has been really top. So I think it's, I'm looking at it as an easy win, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be an easy win. It, it's easy to say, difficult to do, but my personal opinion, my fan, my fan perspective, my Claire perspective is, I, I think... The Patriots have got this one from what we've seen in the Browns game. If they can take the majority of that to Atlanta, then they'll be fine. And I think I got down to something along the lines of Atlanta 10, Patriots 30. Not bad. Not bad, folks. She's even given a game prediction score. We love it, and it's always a lot of fun. I'm still a couple of days away for offering my game prediction <laughs> score, but let's just say... Countess and myself may be a little more simpatico on this one this week than we have been in weeks past. And I uh, I share your positivity and I share your curiosity as to how this one's all going to shake out. And again, folks, I'm not overlooking anything, but Patriots just looking like they're drawing a great matchup here and catching the Atlanta yeah. Falcons at the right time. Of course, that will all change if Cordero Patterson ends up making a little bit more strides this week and is, uh, you know, turns that uh, pessimism into optimism in terms of him playing, then I think that uh, uh, the Patriots be prepared for Atlanta to have a puncher's chance in this one. But without him, I just think it's going to be too much. Even as good a player as Kyle Pitts is, he can't carry that mm -hmm. offense all by himself. And no. Ryan might be in for a difficult night, especially with guys like Matt Judon and Christian Barmore that can this get is after it. the passer going to be a tough one it will yeah. be but it's going to be a fun one in atlanta and this was a fun one here today on lockdown <laughs> because anytime the countess of class the empress of tight endage joins me here on the pod she always lightens the mood here and makes it a lot of fun to record these podcasts so countess thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me here today on lockdown patriots Folks, again, anytime Claire puts pad to paper, anytime pen to paper, excuse me, anytime she puts voice to microphone, it is point click learn material. And you really will be not only entertained, but most importantly, you'll be informed. And that's really the key for all of our business. Claire, for the benefit of our new listeners, please let everyone know where they can find you, interact with you on social media, and what you have coming in the days and weeks heading into the home stretch now of the 2021 season. Well, yep. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Lovely kind words there. If you want to get hold of me, you'll find me on Twitter at Clazy Claire, which is C-L-A-Z-Z-Y-C-L-A-R-E. You'll find me at Pat's Propaganda.com. That's Pat's Propaganda.com. Every uh, I do my game recap, so you'll find my recap after the game there. Um, this this week I will be doing it 
through sleep deprivation. So if there's a lot of coffee references, then I apologise. You know, it's tough <laughs> for me when the game starts at like 20 past one in the morning. So, yeah, you can find me on there. You'll find me each and every week with the lovely Stephen Murph on One Patriot's Place. And you'll also find me at fullpresscoverage.com. So the Full Press Coverage Patriots. And that's where, as you mentioned, my Eclair Perspective, the podcast is also held, which is, you know, wherever you can download your podcast from, basically. So my latest episode was out last week and that was with the lovely Paul Perillo from Patriots.com. So that's still around to catch that. So hope you that you uh, like to catch up on that. So everything else, just, you know, thanks ever so much for having me and for listening and go Pats. Absolutely. Claire, thank you so much for lending your wisdom and counsel the way only you can here on Locked on Patriots. We look forward to talking ball with you again here very soon on the airwaves here at Locked on Patriots. But until then, continue to stay safe, stay well, and enjoy the game on Thursday. Thanks so much, Mike.